Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm very excited to see you all here, even if it's from a distance. Um, could I get a car honk or lights flashing just to let me know you can hear me good? All right. Awesome. Uh, just a quick note, uh, the restrooms are open and available if anyone needs them. Just come on up here on the sidewalk. The door is open. Um, don't want anyone being uncomfortable uh, this morning. Um, all right. Well, if you would turn to your bulletin, if you, if you have one, I apologize. The copier is not being very friendly today. Um, and if he doesn't change his attitude, he's going to become a boat anchor. Um, but if you would please join me now in our call to worship. Blessed be God, eternal majesty, living word, abiding spirit. Glory to God forever. Amen. Jesus said, the way to see God's dream for the world is to be born from above by the Spirit. The way to take part in that dream, says Jesus, is to be born of water and spirit. That gift is available this day. May you receive God's Spirit, be made whole, and dwell more deeply in love divine. Amen. Our first hymn is number 598, O Word of God Incarnate.
you would please join me now in our opening prayer. Holy God, source of all goodness, you gave your Son for the life of the world and sent your Spirit that your love might abide within us. Teach us how to love each other this day, that we may have life and have it abundantly with you in Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would join me in our prayer for illumination. Come, Holy Spirit, giver of life, breathe into us that we may hear a word of truth this day. Draw us into communion, enable us to love, conspire to make us one with you for the world you so deeply love. Amen. Our first scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 40, or, sorry, verses 4 through 8. This section is titled, Jeremiah's Call and Commission. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For our affirmation of faith this morning, we are going to be using what is titled a modern affirmation from page 885 in the United Methodist Hymnal. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic, or apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all who love him may have life eternally. With loving hearts, let us bring our offerings to God. And just as a reminder, if you do not have your offering with you today, that is absolutely fine. We wanted to give people the opportunity in case they did bring their offerings uh, to collect them at this time. 
but please continue if you've been mailing yours in um, or doing it online, whatever works best for you. We really appreciate uh, those tithes and offerings that allows us to, to keep moving, to keep doing the ministry and the stuff that we do. And so we are very thankful um, for that commitment that you make to the church. All right, if you would please join me now in singing the doxology. Holy God, your love overflows in the gift of your spirit. Bless these gifts that we offer, that they may spread your blessing in a world of hurt and need. In Christ's name, amen. I invite you now to a time of silent prayer. If you would please join me in a continued attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this day a thankful people for the many blessings you bestow upon us in our lives. We are thankful for the opportunity to gather here today. We are thankful for the many venues that exist for us to still connect to our loved ones and our neighbors, even if we can't do it in person like we're used to because of this global pandemic. We ask that you would watch over, care for, and guide the hands and the efforts of all of those who work in the healthcare profession, including the doctors, the nurses, the surgeons, the lab technicians, everyone who is working so hard to help heal us, as well as those working so hard to fight against this, this horrible virus that has taken so many lives. God, we also lift up prayers for all of those who serve to keep us safe and protect us in this world. We lift up all of those who serve in our military, the firefighters, police officers, first responders, all of those who sacrifice so much and work so diligently to keep us safe. We ask that you would please keep them safe and strong and that those who are far away might be able to come home soon, that we could see an end to conflict in our world. God, we also lift up all of those who are afflicted right now, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally. 
whether fighting this virus or dealing with cancer, an illness, an injury, God, whatever it may be, we ask for your healing touch and presence in their lives. We also lift up all of those who are mourning this day. Losing someone we love from our lives is something that we as humans struggle with greatly. And it's become even more challenging now in a time when we can't gather together, when it's that much harder to offer or seek comfort. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit might envelop those who are mourning, offer them peace and comfort and rest during this very, very difficult time. We also lift up to you today our nation and all the nations of the world. God, we ask that you would please guide the decisions and the hearts of the leaders of the nations, that they might come to work together for the betterment of all humanity and creation, not just a select few. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly upon our hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins to the one who gives life eternally. You would please join me in our prayer of confession. Holy God, we know that you are always there to lead us, yet we somehow lose our way and fall back into fear. We confess that we have stumbled, and we recognize our need for you to lift us up and help us start again. Forgive us our failings, restore us to strength, and reconcile us with you, ourselves and each other, through the power of Christ and the gift of your Spirit. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Sisters and brothers, hear the good news. We did not receive the spirit of slavery, but rather the spirit of adoption. Your guilt has departed, your sin is blotted out, for you are God's beloved children, forgiven, loved, and free. May God's peace be with you. Amen. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 10, Verses 13 through 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. We will continue with hymn number 601 from the United Methodist Hymnal, Thy Word is a Lamp. scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 6 verses 4 through 8. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. O God of all the prophets, you knew us and chose us before you formed us in the womb. Fill us with faith that speaks your word, hope that does not disappoint, and love that bears all things for your sake, until that day when we shall know you fully even as we are known by you. And now may the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning once again. Today we are continuing in our August sermon series titled Back to Basics, Being the Church. Now, this is not a series where I'm going to be telling you what you're doing wrong or 
how you have forgotten how to be the church, not at all. Instead, we're going to be looking at our faith, our traditions, our doctrines, etc., through the lens of our existence during this time of a global pandemic. How can we still be the church right now for those who need it the most, but also still follow the safety guidelines from our health organizations? Well, we're going to try and answer that question while talking about things like Holy Communion, which we did last week, offerings, baptism and membership, Christian education, and for this week, we're going to focus on missions and the things we can do during a global pandemic instead of solely on the things that we are not able to be doing. Now, John Wesley once said, the world is my parish, expressing his understanding and belief that ministry should never, ever be limited to just our immediate surrounding location and instead open to wherever God calls and leads us. As Dr. Jeff Hyatt writes, John Wesley spent his lifetime of loving pastoral care responding to the desperate conditions faced by the poor in whatever country, city, village, or open-air venue he found them. Wesley's application of love integrated the elements of holy attitudes that motivated the words and the tangible works, such as healing, salvation, food, money, etc., provided for the beneficiary. John Wesley believed that God's broad love for individuals was the healing of the nations. In our reading from Jeremiah, we have God telling Jeremiah that God was appointing him to be a prophet to the nations and to not worry about his age or what to say because God would tell him what to say to those that God was sending him to. God also assures him that he does not need to be afraid of those that God sends him to because God will deliver him from any danger that they may pose. Then in Romans, we read Paul's words pointing out that someone needs to go and tell people about Jesus and the gospel, or else how else will they know about all of these things? He also quotes an earlier uh, passage from the prophet Isaiah where it says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And finally, in our reading from the sixth chapter of Isaiah, we are told how God removes the guilt and the sin from those he calls to go out and share the good news. God asks, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah replies, Here I am, send me. Each of these passages offers us essential lessons about missions. In Jeremiah, we are reminded that God is always with us and will help us to share the good news and do the work that God calls us to. In Romans, we're reminded that there are those who do not know about God's love and grace and that God calls us to go and to share that with them. And then in Isaiah, we are told that when God calls us to this work, God blesses us and makes us into the people God needs us to be, giving us the confidence to stand up and say, here I am, send me. Now, one of the things that really got me excited about coming to serve with you and the Clinton Church 
was the outreach and the mission work that you have been doing. Both churches operate food pantries and school supply collections for local schools. Both host community meals. And both have a history of a lot of other work in the local community as well as abroad through various missions and organizations. Both of these churches, regardless of their changing situation over the years, have continued to be active in missions, sharing the gospel and God's love through what they do and how they do it. But as we have entered into and waded through this global pandemic, some shifting has had to happen. Up until very recently, and in some cases still not yet, we were not sure what the upcoming school year would look like and what kinds of supplies or resources we might be able to help acquire and to distribute. Community meals are almost impossible to put on, although the Clinton Church has done an impressive job with the ice cream socials in June and July, and there's at least one more plan for September, I believe. Social distancing requirements have made us have to reevaluate how we do some of our ministry and mission work. How do we do that mission work we love and are called to when so much of it is in person, up close, and we can't do that right now? How do we create that space for community when many in our community cannot join us even with health safety measures put in place because of their own health situations? How can we continue in mission work when the mission field has become unsafe to enter into the ways we are used to because of a virus that has already taken so many lives? Well, those are some very big questions. Those are the questions that every church has been asking themselves a lot lately. And not just churches, but other not-for-profits and charitable organizations. And from what I have been seeing and reading about, we absolutely need to be thinking outside the box. The church, big C as in the global church, has not always been very eager to embrace that way of functioning. But in a way, we don't really have a choice right now. We cannot just sit and wait for things to go back to normal, mainly because they may not fully go back to what we think of as normal. We have no idea how long it's really going to take. But I know many of you have already been trying to think outside of the box and see how we might be able to still be active in mission work. As I mentioned, the ice cream social was an excellent idea. Having our worship services set up as drive-ins so that anyone might join us, um, I think, is another one. And of course, everyone who is calling each other to check in on one another and stay in touch. I thank you for these and any and all other efforts that each and every one of you has been making during this extraordinary time that we find ourselves in. Now, I will not stand here before you and claim to have all of the answers or a perfect plan of how we can continue to think outside of the box. If you remember my sermon from the first Sunday with you, I admitted that I was not perfect, not even close. But I wish I did have the perfect answers or some ingenious plan to make everything 100% the way we want it. I do have some ideas, 
a few I have already shared with some of you. But just like I have talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about teamwork, we need to continue to work together on this kind of stuff. This is one of those times when the more minds that come together, the more likely I think we are to come up with some sound and potential filled ideas. And yes, we will need to think through the different steps of any idea presented to make sure that we can do it safely and following health guidelines and whatnot. But we have a lot of really brilliant and dedicated people in this congregation. So I am still excited to see what we can come up with. I think the biggest takeaways for us when thinking about how we can do mission work during this pandemic is that we have to be willing to try some new things and also be okay with the fact that they may not all work. In reality, that should be our attitude all of the time when it comes to ministry and mission, but especially right now during a global pandemic because no one has all the answers. This is the first time that this collective group of people on this planet have ever been in this situation. Yes, we have medical and health experts who can guide us, and I thank God for them every day and for the knowledge and the wisdom that they bring. But we don't exactly have experts within the church, per se, who can say, well, we just need to do ministry this way, or we just need to do these specific things with the same kind of certainty that our health professionals can about safety measures and social distancing. I mean, yes, as a religious leader, I can tell you that we should be prayerful, we should be patient and loving and merciful right now towards everyone, including ourselves. But the last major pandemic we faced was the Spanish flu in 1918. The church, along with the rest of the world for that matter, looks vastly different from back then. But one of the most crucial things we do have working to our advantage is a God who walks with us in our lives. We have a God who loves us, who wants to be in relationship with humanity, who leads through the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to find new ways to connect with each other, God wants us to be creative and find new ways to share the gospel, to share God's love, to reach out to those who are in need and they need help and support. And I truly 100% believe that if we just listen and pay attention to where God is trying to direct us and lead us, we will succeed. So my challenge to all of you this morning is to continue to, or if you have not yet tried, then to start thinking outside of the box. Keep looking at the ministry work that you have been involved with in the past and think about how it might be shifted to be viable today with all of the health strategies and procedures we need to follow. And not that I'm expecting you to know what those all are, but to Look around at how other places are operating, like stores and even our church, um, with social distancing and health measures, and think about how something might be altered to still fit within that. Or maybe start thinking about what new needs have arisen in our communities since the start of this pandemic, and how we might be able to address them or have a positive impact towards them. 
And please, please understand, I am not saying that we need to start hundreds of new ministries and missions right now. The last thing I want is for anyone to become burned out or overwhelmed. But I know that we have had to scale back on a lot of our out outreach and our mission work because of the pandemic. All I am asking of you today is that you open yourself to God's leading and if inspiration strikes, that you share it with myself and any of the other leaders of our church. No idea is inherently a bad one. No idea should be or will be laughed at. We are in unprecedented times. And in my mind, almost everything has to be on the table for consideration. Both of these churches have a long and storied history of mission work. And just like all of you, I want to see that work continue and grow and have a lasting impact wherever it might happen. I believe in all of you. I believe in your passion. I believe in your faith. I believe in your love. And I believe that God has called us into mission for times such as these. I am so thankful and grateful to be able to be here with you in this time. And I cannot wait to see where God leads us, what new paths, new doors God presents us with, and how we can continue to be the church in this community and in the world together. Amen. If you would join me in our closing hymn number 670, Go Forth for God.
God said, Whom shall I send, and who shall go for us? And Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. Life-giving God, free us from our fear, fill us with your love, and send us forth in peace. May the Lord give strength to the people. May the Lord bless the people with peace. And the blessing of God who creates, redeems, and restores be with you now and always. Amen. Friends, I thank you for joining me this morning for our drive-in worship service, and I look forward to hopefully seeing you all next Sunday, same time, same station. Um, please also consider reaching out to those that maybe you haven't seen in a while and inviting them to come and join us. Um, and also next week we will have the printer situation figured out so we have bulletins ready as well. Thank you again so much. You can uh, turn off your radios now because I'm going to turn off the transmitter and I don't want it to make any squealing or, or deafening noises to you. Have a blessed, blessed day and a wonderful, merciful week. Amen. Go in peace.